A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, do you want to make some money making picks on MLB games? Then all you have to do is head over to Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. And Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. You pick two to five players, you get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with my promo code, PULLHITTER, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with PULLHITTER at the promo code and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. All right, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D, the Deadpool Hitter. I'm here with Dom, the bullpen guru. We we're about to go over some fab in the main event from the NFBC last weekend and look ahead a little bit to the schedule next week and talk about which players might be droppable, which teams to kind of focus in on as teams kind of shuffle their teams for uh, wild card and um, teams are in contention, not contention, all that fun stuff. So much stuff to look at for next week at Already feeling a little overwhelmed about it because, like we were just saying earlier, Dom, uh, we could look at it early, but every day things change. So what's up, and um, how your team's doing, and how you feeling coming down the stretch? It's uh, getting fun, man. Uh, teams are doing good. Uh, you know, getting getting some pushes in the right spots right now. So, uh, you know, like I said before, just need like ten more days of uh, ten more good days and. I'll be really happy. So, um, yeah, but it, it's been fun. And, uh, yeah, now now the challenge is going to be figuring out what I'm going to do with my teams the last last fab period and last week because, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to need to be some, some roster manipulation or roster, you know, management and kind of reading the tea leaves and trying to figure out what, what MLB teams are going to do and how that's going to impact our fantasy teams. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I always tend to enjoy that aspect of fantasy is kind of trying to project what I think real teams are going to do with their rosters and, and try to react to that from a fantasy angle. So it's exciting for somebody like me, but 
I could understand how that could be frustrating for other people that don't really enjoy that aspect of fantasy and just want to, you know, have their guys play and not have to think about <laughs> whether they're, you know, their ace pitcher is going to get their start, their last start of the season skipped yeah. or if they're going to yeah. go short or anything like that. So, um, yeah. So for they want to blame the players instead of blaming themselves, but not put in the work. <laughs> So. This this fucking player didn't start, or <laughs> they pulled them early, and blah blah blah. No, it's 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 totally it's totally valid. And one thing I'm trying to do now is not trying to pin um, any fault on. Not that I do anyway, but like, oh man, like you know, um, Julie Merriweather just had a bad outing. I lost my lead in whip because of him, and it's not because of him because you had nine. Uh, a thousand innings, you know, prior to that moment, there could have been plenty of other <laughs> pitchers <laughs> that all those earned runs prior um, and, you know, hits, they all led to that moment too. So it's not just, but it's so hyper um, focused at this time of the year, right? It's yeah. every, every little thing that happens, we're going to remember and that bias gets carried into next season. You know, I fab this guy and he did nothing for me in the last three weeks. <laughs> Never draft him again. Yeah. <laughs> All that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so let's hit Fab real quick from yeah. uh last week. We'll get into a little recap of what happened, what we did, and um you dive into you know all the data you found from the last month or so. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So um you know, going into this final week on average, um the average, you know, on average teams have forty seven dollars remaining. Uh, you know, obviously that is pretty skewed i think by teams that just haven't um done fab i i know i'm in leagues where teams have over 800 in fab left so like that really kind of skews the number um but i think a more telling number is the fact the number of teams that made moves this week so um again like last week when i looked at what percentage of teams in the contest are still making ads in fab this week it uh dipped below 50 percent so um 47 percent of teams in the main event contest made fab ads so that's only 374 teams um and that kind of follows the trend that i had identified last week that we talked about where the five percent of teams are just dropping out of fab activity and we've noticed that over the last month so it went from um back on august 20th 66 percent of teams in the main event made an ad the next week it dropped down to 62 percent the week after that it dropped down to 58 percent uh labor day that that was Labor Day weekend, fifty eight percent. The weekend after that was fifty two percent, and last week was forty seven percent. So you're seeing pretty consistent trend of about five percent of leagues dropping out of bidding, um, to the, so much to the point that less than half now are are even making bids or or at least making winning bids. So uh, the average do, average um, ad this week was four dollars, and the average spent per team was four dollars um so you know we're we're things are winding down um money money available money to spend and 
you know the number of ads just being made are, is winding down as well. So um, that what that is an interesting nugget that I'm going to kind of keep in my pocket for next year, though, is just like, you know, it, it is true. Like at this point in the season, you're competing with less teams. So, you know, you probably don't, you know, you don't need as much money. Um, the only thing you, you want more money for is obviously to win the guys that you absolutely must have, but, uh, or, you know, that you really want, but, um, you know, it, there is a little bit of an advantage to the fact that so many teams are checked out at this point that you just don't have as much competition for these guys. So it doesn't require that you have as much money. So it's something, totally I'll, yeah, yep. it's something I'll put in my pocket for off season. Not like, not like I had money to spend. I, I've blown all my money over the, you know, I've been at dollars for the last month and a half now, but um, yeah, like, you know, it's just a note to put at, when I look at, you know, my, fantasy season post-mortem that's something that i'll make a note of yeah that's definitely a good point it's it's always good to be paying attention to that and see what you really need or what you maybe you wished you had a little more you know two weeks ago three weeks ago to go a little higher you know um i think that's what i kind of wish maybe these last couple of weeks that just had just had a little more to be just slightly more aggressive um at this point, yeah, I mean, um, I'd like I'd like to make as many moves as possible, and it is what it is, you know. Whatever mm-hmm. we spent, we spent. I, I, I'm, I don't want to. That's one of the things they did last year was look back at, you know, my not only overspends, just just I've been kind of tracking how much I used the player I picked up, mm-hmm. and. I shouldn't be doing look. I shouldn't looking back at it now, but but I I can't help but to peek back and I'm like, oh man, I picked this guy up for three bucks and like I ended up not playing him because he didn't start Monday and then, you know he he you know he was gonna have this matchup and you know you just end up moving away from it. It's all like then I really need to make those moves. Yeah, and, you know it's funny. Uh, you're you're doing you're doing the thing I was doing back in like you know April and <laughs> May. <laughs> You were doing the one dollar like churn and burn week by week. Don't look back. Look, you're only looking ahead. I'm like agonizing over the fact that I spent sixty one bucks on Mauricio Dubon, and uh, you know now I'm like, yeah, just you know, I'm not, I'm not looking back at shit. I'm, I'm only looking ahead. I'm only, you know, I'm only focused on what's ahead of me. So it's funny how our our roles reverse. But yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take your own advice there. It's we got. 10 days left don't uh don't look back at what you spent back in like june and you know because at the time the thing is like i said at the time you were competing with 15 other teams for these guys and you had to spend the money to get the guy at that time you thought you needed so yep. you know um don't don't look back you you were the, look back the, in the anger. thought the thought, the thought you put into all your ads was very, you know, I know you put a lot of mental effort into those decisions. So like, you know, (laughs) not for a lack of like, um, you know, thought about what you needed and what you thought they could contribute. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really go back and be like, I wish I had that 20 bucks back. Cause, um, we know how fucking crazy bidding was in the middle of the year and how aggressive everybody was. So you had to be aggressive to get 
impact, you know, players that you thought were going to make an impact. So, um, mm-hmm. and I, th- I, you know, I've obviously been tracking your bidding, at least in the main. And um, I think that when you wanted to be aggressive, you were very, you know, good at being aggressive and, and made, you know, targeted your spots um well and when you were just you know making a one dollar ad for a week or two you were good at that as well um and so you know i think you were just good with when to pick your spots essentially so um as coming from a you know outside outside party without direct outside uh, party you know, just like looking looking at your team from a distance and not really having that like emotional like investment in, um, you know, your team. I, that's how I would, uh, you know, summarize your fab bidding. Thank. I'm I'm so happy too that what we don't have to worry about this season is the like a three day week like we had last season. You know, yeah, we, we ended the season on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it was just. You know, the, the, there was that short, you know, there was obviously there was fab that weekend and um, it was just different, you know, to have to mm-hmm. save yeah. money for three games rather than like a full slate of games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know who I, went the most in that last week last year? It's got to be some shitty pitcher, right? Um, no, it was, it, it's a really good pitcher who came back just to make a couple of starts at the end of the year. Really good pitcher that came back to make a couple good starts at the end of the year. Um, hmm. Damn Glass now? Yep. yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he went in 41 of the 47 league last year. Someone had 68 bucks that they rang up on him in the last week of the season for one star. A $68 start. Uh, but, yeah, funny to see that. Just And uh, I know I picked up Davis Martin. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, that's the kind of it's like, yeah, crappy. I kind of yep. wish. I don't know. I kind of wish that the season was ending on a like a Wednesday or Thursday like that, though, because like I kind of, it's it's easier for me to, like, if we wanted to do like a a live stream or something like that when I'm working from home and just kind of, you know, have the games on. I th- I thought it'd be cool to like True. hop on a Zoom with some people yeah. or something like that Sunday. With kids and stuff like that is going to be impossible for me to really like really be even focused on what's going on. Um, so we'll see what I do if I can try to sneak out or or you know get the kids to the grandparents <laughs> or something like that for for the afternoon on Sunday because I I think I'll want to be pretty locked in. So for me, I will be um, pretty much not. I mean, I'm not going to say not looking at it, but uh, me and my wife are going to a music festival and um, I'm going to be, you know, tuned out and I'm going to be enjoying life and I'll be checking like, I I mean, tuned out by like not looking and watching at every single game, not having four screens on, watching baseball, be just checking the scores and. You know, I won't have to set lineups, so I'll set my lineups Friday and just be like, all right, let's uh, hopefully. You don't have to be recording a fab pod or, or anything like that evening. So my first weekend off in so long and I'm um, pretty, I'm pretty excited. And so I'm going to be hoping that, you know, it's just 
goes from e- either good to great and not good to shit. Because I think it's gonna end up good, but uh, like I said, it could be good to great. It could be, um, and not shit, but just like it could fall into expectations where I'm like I should have done better or I wish I did better. You know, yeah. pretty much. I always think, but um, yeah. So. Um, Interesting week two for the players that were most scooped up. Yep. The, the law firm, like you dubbed him. Yeah. I don't know why people aren't uh, calling him that. Sawyer Gibson Long. It sounds like I a love it. law firm. I remember uh, the Patriots, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. That was his nickname. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, a, that's a fucking great nickname. So, uh, 100%. yeah, I think, I, think, I think Sawyer Gibson Long is an even better. You know, like, that really fucking sounds like a like an, uh, a law firm. So I, yeah, cause you got it. Sawyer in there and you got Gibson and it's not like Gibson with a B it's Gibson with a P. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just a very impressive name. I gotta say. Yeah. So yeah, he was the most added, uh, player this week added in 47 leagues average, uh, cost of seven bucks. Um, you know, the matchups couldn't be any better. He gets, Oakland um, and Kansas City. The uh, you know he'll pitch tomorrow against Oakland and then uh, against Kansas City. Um, obviously, you know sixteen strikeouts in his first two starts. Um, and I know you've kind of dug into him a bunch and and grabbed him in a league. So um, I'm assuming you you like what you see with him right there. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was one of those things too of the patreon i did like a special like early week fab write up for him because i was so excited after his first start and watching the game too and um just seeing the pitch movements and just seeing how um the pitch shapes were just so nice compared to league average and um everything just looked great the swing and miss and kind of remind me a little bit i guess of earlier season Reese Olsen where you get this guy who comes up and you know you got the data available to kind of look at it and and, you know you just kind of be really quick on making a move on this player you know like you have to either buy in or just say "Eh, I don't think so and every time I uh watched his first start and then the second start came along I was like oh man this this looks beautiful and um he just like just really knows how to pitch too. That's the thing. It's like the whole pitchability aspect. He really has a plan up there, and he just executes pretty well. Um, and um, yeah, so got him. What I had him in my other main too, but Spara um, went. I think he dumped it almost all, all of his money left on the law firm, or just very close to it. And I was like, ah man, I think I was at four. Or two, I don't know. And he went six, so mm. um, I wanted them in both, but um, he is he's on the team and he's ready to make a contribution to the uh, the end of the league. <laughs> All right, so so what you're saying is I should pick him up in my uh, head to head daily head to head championship uh, for tomorrow, huh? Yeah, go for it, lock All it right. up. All right. All right. So then, uh, you got to make. Uh, I got, got maximum uh, moves. I got I got ten a week, so I got uh, I got three more that I can make. Um, but I I only need one more start 
to stream. So I'm debating between him and some other guys. Uh, I just need to see if I want to get a guy that I feel better about for a win. But they, they are going up against That's Oakland, and, and Detroit's been hitting a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I got to sleep on it. So hopefully the yeah. guy I'm playing doesn't uh, beat me to him. But if he does, I'll be all right. Um, yeah, he, he. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, Oakland can be sneaky good sometimes offensively. I know. Um, you know when they all hit and it has they have those games. Then they went on a little run, I think, about a month ago, where they were, oh, okay, maybe they're not as like a layover as we think for wins exactly. But, um, I mean, just <laughs> I just don't think he's gonna they're gonna hit him. Um, he said 24% talking strike rate on the slider, 31.7% on the changeup, and 176 on the sinker. Sinker league average is 6.5%, and he's at 176 And um, 50% O-swing on the sinker. That's like Zach Wheeler range, you know? Zach Wheeler, it's like elite sinker that gets more chase than league average, and unbelievable. Like, yeah. I, I just really, the zone contact in all his pitches are <laughs> All under 84, but slider 64, the change up is 50. It's pretty nuts. Like you can just look at that box and be like, who the fuck is this guy? And no way in a thousand guesses would you say Sawyer Gibson <laughs> Yeah, I know. I guess my only hesitation is like you know, he's only had two starts and one of them was against the Angels who have been horrendous. So it's like Right. You know, no, no, it's a hundred percent. No, that's, that's a good that's where I'm like, uh, would and the White you know, Sox, another like swingy, messy team that right, reaches, right? Yep. But no, but Oakland is not the most disciplined team either. So, um, man, this guy's got a great run then this season, huh? I know, Jesus. right? I know. <laughs> um, all right, so then after after him, um, were a couple guys that we actually talked about last week that we thought would be popular ads. So, yep. um, it was you know, Chris Bryant went in 36 leagues for an average price of 10 bucks um you know we mentioned last week we thought he'd be a popular edge because he got really um kind of surprised everybody he got activated you know last monday without really any type of um news about him come you know getting activated um julian Mer merriweather was added in 35 leagues the alzale injury came out after fab ran um last week so we knew he'd be a popular ad Sedan Rafaela, we talked about um, as being a mm -hmm. you know possible speed streamer. He went in 35 leagues, and then John Means, which this was the, the one I was most surprised about. So John Means only got added in 33 leagues um, for an average price of four bucks. All all those guys after Bryant went for four bucks. Um, you know, with Means being on you know the best team in the AL. With a two-start week, I know he was facing Houston in one of those games, but like we're at the point in the season where you know I I, I would have thought that at least a team looking for wins, looking for um, you know some ratio protection, <clears throat> I, I was just surprised that he didn't go in in more than thirty-three leagues. I guess that that's a very um, valid thing to be surprised at. Um, I guess yeah. I guess uh, I thought he was going to go a little more too. But you've seen that the law firm went 47 league. Right. And, yeah. and, and this guy, you know, means has 360 innings of a 1.09 whip in his career. So 
like you said, that racial protection, um, just great, um, great walk rates in his career, you know, 6%, 4%, 4.4, 5.9. 5.9. So, <clears throat> and I don't know if it was the layoff that held people a little back it, or if it's that Houston start that held people back, you know, it could have been that too. Yeah. Uh, maybe people are not fully buying into him coming back because, you know, he does have Boston next week too, and that might not be. I don't know. I mean, it's in Baltimore, so it, exactly. It, it, he gets it, so it, much protection in left field that, like, yeah, uh, it doesn't. That doesn't really scare me as much as it does anymore. And and who knows at this point, you know, what even that Boston lineup will look like. Whoa, uh, whoa, duck, duck! Jason just threw a fucking brick at your face. Mm, you know, Jason. You know, <laughs> I, I I spent a lot of money betting on. Uh, <sighs> Boston Red Sox futures because of Jason this year. So, uh, <laughs> so he 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 can uh, he can deal with it for a little bit. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you got to watch out for Bobby Barrels. Uh, he could probably put one out in Camden. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The I think that lefties in Baltimore just are so well protected there that. Um, it really takes away. He, it makes it like any any lefty in Baltimore pretty much like a matchup proof. I, I don't care who's facing him. I think um, yeah. he, sh- he, sh- he shouldn't get hurt too bad. Um, so after means, uh, Willier Brayu, Boston Red Sox, uh, was added in twenty five leagues. Average price of six bucks. Um, you know he he got hurt last week and hasn't played. Uh, at all this week yet so yeah probably worth monitoring um if he's going to come back you know boston had an off day today but um if he comes back this weekend if not um might need to be somebody that gets cut for next week um i actually you know um i was gonna say i i actually streamed him for this the weekend so i'm just hoping he comes back for you know yeah, yeah, because I know I knew he was gonna probably sit first Montgomery on Monday and only get two out of three, and you know, not Nathan yes. Faulty and John Gray or studs, but I was like, eh, you know, I I really wanted the the at home versus um Cease and Clevenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted that more than you know anything. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping like there's some good news and he comes, you know, back to. Oh, it just that was a luxury Friday to Sunday ad too. That wasn't a I need to I need fill this spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I, that matchup. Right. Sometimes I'll I'll try to upgrade it. You know, because um, I've gotten caught before trying to upgrade upgrade Friday to Sunday and stuff changes, especially mm-hmm. if it's like a platoon player and it's not a strict everyday player, and you you're counted on the handedness and the pitching matchups get shifted and you're like, ah shit, now I'm only getting two out of three out of this guy where, you know, like if it's Jason Hayward, you know, and all of a sudden now they got a lefty and you're like, ah man, like I really need a three in Washington for him. I think that was maybe last week or two weeks ago where that happened with him. I was like, ah man, like I wanted three righties in Washington, not two. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have added him, you know. But yeah. that's where you can get into trouble with Be- stuff like that. Beauty, that's why of, so- beauty of targeting the White Sox is uh, they don't have any lefties, so you know. Right. All right. What? Yeah. What? D- Dylan Cease gets scratched. 
or you know bumped. Yeah, Gary like, Crochet is gonna come out and pitch four or, innings. Yeah, or yeah, you get Luis Patino instead, and it's like okay, I'm probably better for it. Uh, yep. You know, or like uh, Clev gets mm-hmm. bumped and Tukey starts instead, it's like, or yeah, or whatever. Arania starts instead. It's like can't go wrong targeting White Sox pitchers right now with how that pitching staff is built. So mm-hmm. uh, true. And Clevenger, you know, I think he threw a career high, or season high in pit in in uh, pitches on on Monday in his complete game against the Nats. So yeah, they're rolling him out. Yeah, so I think he'll probably get blasted by the White uh, by the Red Sox on Sunday. I just I think like I have a, a theory that like guys that pitch like complete games and stuff like that and Michael Lorenzo season high. Afterwards, especially the uh, start immediately after, just yeah. cooked and just don't have, don't aren't nearly as sharp. So, um, we'll see what happens if that that holds true. But Michael uh, Lorenzen been getting blasted since the uh, no hitter. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So after Abreu, um, Jose Buto was added in twenty four leagues for an average price of five bucks. Um. You know, I mm. I guess the two start was what drew people in. He's been he's been pitching pretty well. He did have a good first start against Miami, but now his his last two starts of the season are going to be against Philly. So um, it'll be a real test. But um, you know, so far I think that ad's looking good. Um, Tyrone Taylor added in uh, twenty four leagues as well for an average price of two bucks. Um, he squared. Yeah, with with Weimer getting sent down, Yelich hurt. He's been playing. Um, he's been playing a lot. He actually sat um, today, though, and Milwaukee's been playing a ton of lefties over the last like week and a half. So, um, you know, Taylor sat two of his last four games against righties. So, I, you know, I don't know if it was just coincidental that they've been playing so many lefties, and he was just due to get a day off. Um, it's, but it'll be worth monitoring. But. Um, the good news is Milwaukee has like three lefties tentatively for next week. So he, he should still look to be um, playable in as long as Yelich is out, I would think um, when Yelich comes back, if, if Yelich comes back, I think gets a little dicey, but uh, you know, worry about that when that happens. Cause we've seen Yelich come back once and he's been gone since then. So, um, and then mm-hmm. after after Taylor, it's ju- I would clump a, a bunch of the players as just like guys injury returnees. So um, we had Solaire added in twenty one leagues for an average cost of six bucks. We had Shane Bieber added in nineteen leagues for an average cost of two bucks. Um, we had Stroman added in twelve leagues for an average cost of seven bucks. Josh Young added in 12 leagues for an average cost of six bucks. Um, and then we had a couple guys come back, get called up from um, AAA. We had uh, Joey Lucchese added in 16 leagues for three. And um, the last guy, where was Oh, Bailey Ober, 16 mm-hmm. leagues for average cost of six bucks. You know, it, I think the prices are interesting. Um, like Stroman added in twelve leagues for an average cost of seven bucks, whereas you know, like and like and Adrian Hauser added in nineteen leagues for an average cost of five bucks. Those guys going for like set five and seven bucks, but like Bieber going for two bucks. 
Um, see, you know, it's interesting to me. I think, you know, Stroman seems to be just pitching out of the bullpen as like a single inning reliever. He doesn't seem to be built up at all. Um, uh, I think and- Hauser maybe got a little more play because Bieber's getting Baltimore, um, even though it's home. Yeah. You hope you hope he goes five, but Hauser had a layup win versus St. Louis. I thought he was a good ad for the uh, the opponent, like tacking, attack, trying to get that win. I think maybe right now with teams and leagues being de- like you know ads are being team dependent, like you have mentioned multiple times, and that that just kind of I think lines yeah. up for that was a specific. I mean, that's why people go after Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's on the Brewers. Yeah. You just got to get the five or six. And St. Louis has just been terrible. So, yeah. um, especially that lineup just been decimated and they're just playing, you know, a lot of. Yeah. Uh, well, and he, he probably gets a two-step also next weekend or next week. And one of those is going to be against St. Louis. So, um, you know, that could, be, that could be it as well. Thought about just the entirety of the two weeks, kind of like we talked about last week, not just looking at this week, but looking at last, you know, last weekend's fab as a full two week um, period in which to make moves, you know, mm-hmm. looking at Hauser and how they line up. Um, he would have, he looked like he was in line for three starts, which it looks like he still is. So um, yeah. yeah. So, so far so good with Hauser and we'll see uh, with, with the rest of these guys. Um, obviously a lot of them, a lot of them are on teams that are trying to make a playoff push, right? Solaire, um, uh, Solaire, John or young, uh, Be- or not Bieber, uh, Stroman, Hauser. They're all guys that are on teams that are, are trying to push for the playoffs. So um, yeah, they, the playing time will certainly be there um mm-hmm. and yeah. they're needed so actually dom smith i see at the end of the list there dom smith and, and um it's so funny because washington it was you know it's a team that i was kind of really targeting um for, for this week all their games at home which is great you know mm-hmm. this great pitchers great hitters park especially to the right side uh the the six righties so um, guys like Luis Garcia, I was really, I was really into. I got him in 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 one of my auction leagues. Uh, Jacob Young, and Dom Smith, you know, was was there. He he was just hanging out, and you know, I I guess Dom Smith is Dom Smith. You know, he's he's just that's it. He's, he's nothing special. Um, but you know. I just noted in the Patreon the one day that he he had uh, right right now after the home run he hit yesterday he's got six homers in his last eighty nine plate appearances and on the year he has eleven homers so he has more than half of his homers uh, in his last eighty nine plate appearance and also ten of his twenty seven battles in that same span so and I'm sticking it I'm like man and when it was fab weekend time to get him, it, that was five. It was like five home runs last, whatever, 85 played appearance. I'm like, man, is this real? Like, and I went to his rolling average graphs and I was like, oh man, this, this looks like, you know, there's some significant change here. And you don't know if it's just a hot streak, but this is the time of the year. You need hot streaks. And I just didn't have the, the ball to go for it. Cause I'm like, man, Dom Smith at this time of the year, it just seems like I'm setting myself up to fail. <laughs> but He's uh he's doing well, you know. He's he's 
that's just like when the scheduling and someone I don't know, believe in hot and coldness, but um, he's been pulling it off. And ah, uh, man, yeah, and we know, thing we, is, know we know how man. he can get hot, right? Like, uh, you know, his yeah, his twenty twenty season as a Met was uh, that that whole seems like you know that whole sixty game stretch was like you know an extended hot streak that was probably the best sixty games of his MLB career that he'll have, but uh, yeah, he can get, he can get hot. And yeah, I I do like the fact that he's been in that park. I think that's like a very under, um, under known fact is like, you know, as the, as the months warm up, uh, that nationals park gets to be really hitter friendly, especially for lefties. Just look at uh, Juan Soto since, since he left, um, he, definitely took advantage of that park um so yep yep um all right you want to talk about our ads for the week yeah yeah kind of targeting on um all right yeah so my my uh one main i made a whole slew of moves my main one i made six moves and for one team swapped in uh gibson long adam frazier rafaela abreu fujinami and varland um Dropped Ginkle, Tarang, Lawler, Neto, Harrison, Jackson. Uh, Lawler's was just a disappointment that he wasn't playing. Just uh, mm. it is what it is. What are you gonna do? Neto was in a funk. Um, didn't look right coming out of the bulky back problem. So and he's just striking out, reaching a lot. And again, that could be just like a two week thing. He's getting back in the flow, and of course he had a home run this week. But it is what it is. Um, Frazier, I wanted to attack that. You know. Um, four righties, even though he sat versus the, f- the first righty uh, on Monday. Um, and those decisions, again, always suck. Where you're like, oh, man, this is – I was really counting on that four days. Um, but he played the rest, and he stole a bag. And um, what else? Raphael, I scooped up. Just thought that um, Costa's going on the IL felt a little sec- more secure about the playing time than I did, you know, prior to m- trying to figure out whether him and Abreu were going to play. I both, I really like both of their skill sets. Um, it looks like Abreu is definitely a little better with, you know, not reaching out of the zone too much and kind of extended into his triple A stuff. And, but they both had some power speed, which is what everybody's looking for at any time of the year. And uh, Fuji and Varland were just kind of, ratio plays i didn't end up starting fuji actually um thank god because he's been getting <laughs> blown up this week but yeah he was kind of um uh maybe one of those ads where i i didn't really need to make the ad and i i think there was the there was a start that changed there's something that changed during the week um that led me to not play him too um but balling yeah he hasn't pitched yet as we were talking about Earlier, I was expecting some, you know, two, two games from him, four innings and like six Ks. But maybe he just gets into um, a long outing at the end of the week. I don't know. Let's see, let's see what happens. Um, and in my other league, same to Rafaela, Varland, Fuji, and also Henry Davis. Um, planning to, I really wanted to attack the at Cincinnati versus two lefties this weekend with Abbott, Williamson, Connor Phillips. Um, throw him either behind the plate or as an outfielder five, depending on how I feel about my catcher matchups. But that was it for the mains. And in my uh, in my auction leagues, I 
what I do here. Um, you get the pretty pretty similar shit. Actually, yeah, I won team. I'm just I'm an eighth, and I'm just I have 85 points, but I'm just really chipping away at speed, and it's just a bunch of ah. Uh, I got a Vientos there for a buck. Seems like nobody wanted uh Vientos. Um, and then my other auction: Will Benson, Luis Garcia, um, Hoffman, McGill, Voland. Yeah, so playing that middle reliever game on some teams where I have about four, like four, five and four. I've been going with five starters, four relievers. Uh, that's one team I'm at actually at four and five, four starters, four MRs. Um, so it's fun. I like this time of the year when you're chasing down uh, awesome middle relievers that. It probably extends into draft season, right? Um, we all like drafting Robert Stevenson and too much of Jeff Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. D- DCs will definitely be impacted by guys that I'm get- grabbing at this point. Right? Yeah. How did it not? That's what I always feel like. Um, I'm drafting in, in October and November, and that's what we have these, you know, that we, that's what recency bias is. Like this guy was a stud. And, yep. Um, but I get caught with like, Maybe we should learn a lesson from like Garrett Clevenger, you know? Yeah, I mean, you see, like, I, I'm trying to think of somebody that just kind of popped up. I mean, Brock Stewart's like a good example, right? Somebody that I think you and I were both oh. really excited about in like, yeah. uh, in, in like the mid year. And like, you know, these guys pop up, but then they can get hurt. They can yep. just start getting blown up. So, you know, yeah. you see it happen. Uh, it, it's nice when it happens for like a year at a time where a guy pops and and just dominates. But I've also been monitoring relievers long enough to know like sometimes guys just pop up and it's just one year they have an incredible year and then revert back to not you know mediocrity um, the next year and and just it's um, only a few guys can really sustain you know the excellence for for a while so um mm-hmm. that's the yep. that's the tricky thing about it um yeah for me um i in my uh my new york city main i added adolis garcia just nice based on the kind of the rumors of like oh yeah he might be activated this weekend and then monday came and they were like he's taking batting practice he's working out in the field and i was then i was like oh maybe maybe i should think about activating him and then they put him in the line then like the lineup was out he wasn't yeah in. i was like oh no and then Crazy. they like like i don't know an hour before the game they put him in and i was like all right <laughs> he's active uh i'm putting him in Absolutely. um so that was that was nice uh added him got rid of solano um added louis varland so we were <laughs> without without even talking about him um like we were both uh four of the five teams that added Louis Varland. So I added him in both mains. <laughs> um so yeah, Louis Varland. I was I was hoping for two outings this week. I just thought and we'll talk about the logic behind it later and how it's gonna impact next week. But yeah, I thought Minnesota doesn't really have much to play for and they have a bunch of pitchers like you know Joe Ryan had been hurt and really been struggling since coming off the IL. I figured They'd want to limit Maeda's innings. Um, you know, they were obviously calling up Bailey Ober to go six man. So I just thought like all of those things kind of played into the fact that like they were probably trying to get their starters a little rest. And one way to do it is obviously add a six man. Another way to do it is 
have guys go short. Um, so I thought he could maybe get, um, and he'd been pitching every three days since he got called back up. So I thought, all right, maybe he can pitch on Monday or Tuesday. And then again, over the weekend. So two starts, maybe four innings, maybe, you know, six strikeouts, maybe more. Um, so that sounded good to me, but he obviously hasn't pitched yet. And we're here on Thursday night and, uh, yeah, yeah. Like now we're just hoping for maybe a three or four inning outing over the weekend, but, um, I think, I think it'll still be useful for next week. So, um, then I also added for buck, I added Manuel Marco cut Jose Siri. So that was, um, pretty much, you know, that was my interpretation of what was going to happen was I didn't think that they really had anybody to play center field after series injury. So I just said, let me grab Margo. I need batting average anyway. Um, I'll take the playing time. And then um, last one was grab Jane Bieber for a buck and cut Andre Jackson. Um, have him in Sorry, my lineup. So, so I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow. See, see how he looks. Um, yeah. Hopefully he can nice. go five and, Give me some, give me a much needed win. I'm not not holding my breath, but any any ratio help he can give me, I'll take. Um, just hope he doesn't get blown up. Nice, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, for you know, for uh, for those ads, for a total of uh, seven bucks for those five guys, um, I'm happy. So, yes, that's that's what you need. You need to be happy about your. It's not like exactly. really regretting what you did or um good good moves. Yeah. I like the Bieber. I think it'll be um I think it'll come back nice and strong. I picked up T Mac last week and I'm hoping I didn't I don't know if he's thick he could be starting Sunday. I didn't have the balls to, to throw him in there in a fab yeah. league. I do have him in, in a in a um DC. DC. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up. Yeah. Uh, but Gavin Williams, because he might just not, you know, make that start, might not make another start. I don't know. Yeah. Could get tricky with him. But cool. Um, all right, so let's uh let's look ahead. Um, you wanna you you pointed out some players here um for for power speed average that can help us possibly for the rest of the season. So let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. So um I was just trying to brainstorm and obviously, you know, last week of the Fat, you know, last fab period this this upcoming weekend, and I think there has been some obviously news, some playing time developments that have occurred this week that might make certain players interesting um, for for this last fab run. So, you know, targeting power. Um, first guy I thought of, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck. He mm-hmm. is the beneficiary of first base playing time. Um, with Tristan Cassis going, going down for the rest of the year. Um, you know, it's a tough, tough matchups. Like we talked about, they'll be the, the last four games of this season will be in Baltimore. But, um, if there's anybody that has the power to hit it out to left field, it would be him. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore, you know, shouldn't really be playing for much at that point so um who knows who what kind of pitching he'll be facing um at that point so it'll uh i think that that could be be nice nice stream Mm -hmm. um hessen kerstad uh with mount castle now officially on the il he's been dh'ing 
obviously striking out a bit, but when he makes contact, he's hitting the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he got the got the night off tonight, so it's mm-hmm. um, it's been what it's, it was three straight starts prior, but it's four starts in eight games um, total. First four games we didn't get into much, but they've um, kind of cleaned out Hicks from his you know near everyday PT that he was getting you yeah, know, since he's Hicks been on the will, Orioles. I think yeah. Hicks will just face lefties, um, so I I think it's almost yeah. like a Hicks Hicks. Kerstad platoon at like DH situation there. Um, yeah. Yep. And uh, if I recall, Baltimore's got tentatively because things are subject to change, but Baltimore's got five righties, five of six righties next week. So um, they do. Could be yep. it, it, where in leagues where he's still available. Um, Joe Adele. So he had bombed today for. Um, the Angels in Tampa, he has to play every day from you know from here on out. I mean, they're playing, um, what's his face, Jared Walsh, another guy who I put on the list. I mean, I they're playing him in right field. So like, if Joe Joe Adele needs to play every day for this team the rest of the way, so uh, the Angels have next week. The Angels have six games. They play Texas and they play Oakland um, all at home. Oakland, or sorry, Anaheim's a pretty good park for right-handed hitting. Um, so, you know, he's got the power. It's just a matter of not striking out. And, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Really, really good park overall, too. It's another stadium, I think, like, like the Nats that kind of – doesn't get the recognition it does for, you know, for both righties and lefties overall park factor of uh, uh, six on StatCast for the last three years for home runs for both righties and lefties. And it really, it really does play up. Um, so that's uh, a yeah. good getting all their good getting all their home games for the last week. And um, Mr. Joe Adele, he's going to get a lot of shot. Quad, I call him quad a, Joe Quad A Dell, because he's like a Quad A. <laughs> quad A Dell. Um, it's like you got a Rotowire t shirt. <laughs> Henry Davis, um, you know, I know you grabbed him. He's been striking out a ton since he got called back up, but um, in AAA, he was, he was mashing. Um, and he should be getting everyday playing time in the outfield with that catcher eligibility. So uh, if, it's nice if you, you know, are just trying to chase down counting stats and you're just trying to maximize plate appearances and you can stick them in at catcher. Uh, and last one, Donaldson. Um, he's still only 13% owned. Uh, like we like I mentioned earlier, Milwaukee's got three of six against lefties next week, tentatively. Um, so, and he's playing he's not playing exclusively versus left-handed pitchings and he's been doing well since he's been on the brewers and you know the you i uh, was like reading an article and all the uh all the players are very complimentary towards him about what he brings to the team and like they say they need guys that mash and that's what he does and you know seems to be like a complete 180 versus like all the other stuff about him when he was with the Yankees and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting um, seeing like, you know, a team with 
young guys that are contending and being so uh like you know speaking so highly of donaldson and and versus like him being a bag of shit with the yankees so it's funny (laughs) Uh, yeah that is funny and yeah he's been um he's holding a strong barrel rate regardless but 20.7 percent barrel rate versus lefty this year with an 8080 ops first them so it's definitely a good good place to target for for power i like that i like that call yeah, I'm surprised um, he, he 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 wasn't picked up more this week. I'm I'm I don't I don't know. It's it's uh, it's kind of tricky, like because they could do a lot of things. Like Milwaukee has Milwaukee, a lot of inter- so, yeah, 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 yeah. They have a lot of interchangeable pieces, and like um, it, it's hard to get a feel for like what the playing time shakeout is going to be. Obviously, it got a little easier with Yelich still being out. That's one less spot. But uh, it's like, you know, they could play Monasterio at third. They could play Terang at second if they want. They could play, you know, they can they can play Freelick in center. They could play Weimer in center. Or they could play Weimer, who now got sent down in center. Perkins in center. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're good, though. Um, but it, I could see, like, if you, you really, like, wanted assured playing time, I could see the hesitancy. Like I had Donaldson list, but I had him like far down just because I just, I didn't want to be in a situation where I grabbed him and then he was exclusively, you know, guys came back and then he was exclusively playing versus lefties. So, um, yeah. Any, you had any, anybody else in mind from a power perspective or should I, uh, move on to the speed? Um, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to look at some of the ownership percentages for the league, uh, for the main event and OCs, and um, it's really more going to be like like you, you mentioned that lineup specific, schedule specific stuff. Um, and because I guess um, with their four games at cores next week for the Dodgers mm. with one being a double header, I would say like, you know, maybe you can attack some of the lefties that slip in for um, the platoons like Jason Hayward and yeah. uh, David Peralta more, more so Jason Hayward because um, he's just been doing an excellent job of pulling the ball in the air this year. And um really worked this swing into that that line of 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 hitting the ball so um i i for that reason i probably look you know look for some of the dodgers there and um maybe even look some of uh oh man i just it's tough like Ryan Noda still out there in some mm-hmm. leagues. I know he's got some tough matchups in the beginning of the week versus Maeda, Ober, and Lopez. Um, but he does go to Angels too and faces, you know, he faces a bunch of lefties. He playing versus lefties and righties, and uh, he's been doing well all year. So maybe, maybe a little Ryan Noda. I'll, I'll throw him out there. All right. Yeah. All right. Speed guys. Um, so I, I, identified two one i feel a little better about than the other but um you know as i mentioned before blake perkins so 
Weimer down. He's he's been the only guy playing center field. Um, they could play Freelich there, but I they seem to really like Perkins in center because he's been playing there. Um, I think he's played there every day since he got brought back up. Um, and you know doesn't give you much in power, but he can steal some bags. And I think. They have some favorable. Uh, they they play the Cubs the last weekend of this season, and um, they've. I guess the only thing is they, the Cubs are tentatively scheduled to throw Wicks and Steel, so it's not as great to steal against lefties. But uh, I I just remember like when the D-backs played the Cubs, like they were running wild on um on them. So it could be um a spot where. You know they they take the extra base and they're pretty aggressive on the bases. So I I would consider him. Um, last guy's Jorge Mateo. This is my thought was maybe they give like all their infielders like a day off the last week of the season. So mm. Gunner, Urias, Frazier, Westberg, all those maybe even like the first baseman, and uh, they just give them a day and and Mateo um, can maybe just you know play short and. Um, they'll move around the other guys. You know, they can play Urias at second when Frazier's out, play Mateo at short, play Gunner at third. Um, you know, play if Gunner gets a day off, play Mateo at short, play Urias at third, play Frazier at second. So, um, that's kind of my, my logic behind it. And I like that Baltimore plays Washington for three games. Um, or no, sorry, they, they play Washington for two games. Um, at the beginning of the week before they play that four-game series against Boston. Boston's a little tougher to run on than Washington, but Washington's um, gives up a ton of stolen bases. So they're like a second yeah, yeah. to the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one. May, might just be more of a DC play, um, but if you're desperate for steals and you're good everywhere else, you might be a guy to grab. Um, and then the last one in terms of batting average, Marco, um, just the logic behind mm-hmm. my pickup for him. He's he's played every day since Siri and Rayleigh both got hurt. Um, surprised at that. Surprised. I mean, that, that I mean, I'm not day. surprised that he's playing every day because uh, they need him, but I'm just surprised he's playing every day in general because the Phillies just typically don't do that. They, I know. Yeah, exactly. I thought they were just gonna find a way to not give him everyday PT, and that's why I'm just shocked that he's started six straight. Um, yeah, because I don't think he started six straight in his game <laughs> since he's been with Tampa. I know. I mean, it, it hasn't been all year. His his longest is five, and that was in fucking April. It was the second week of the season. Yeah. So it's just something that's not expected of him, and, and I'm just completely and shocked. And yeah, and I'm I'm even more shocked because like he um. He really he wasn't even playing center field early in the season. Like if I bet a lot of like that stretch of of five games, I bet a lot of those were in right. Um so it's kind of crazy. It just goes to show though how like without without like Siri and Rayleigh, they they don't have a center fielder that they like. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think they what's his name has been playing center um Luke Rayleigh, but he's been injured too. So yep. That's the thing. Like maybe if Rayleigh isn't injured, Margot doesn't play all uh, oh, yeah, definitely of, not. of the game versus righties. But mm-hmm. he's just uh, again, you know, just 
he found a way into every single day, which I didn't yeah. think was going to happen. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, cool. I got, um, I got one guy. I got two guys here. Um, right. One man has 24 stolen bases in 86 games this season. And that's Stalin Marte. He's planned to be back for the Mets for this final week. Uh, at least that's what he's been saying. That's what the Mets have been saying. I don't know how confident you could feel about it, but um, if there's anyone you could trust to getting some bags, it's Stalin Marte, <laughs> you know? Um, so I would definitely look to see if he's available in your leagues. I think he's he's still available in a good amount of leagues, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, he's 85. Yeah, you know, sorry. He's 34% owned in the main, so he's All well right. available. Um, another guy that will go with another surprise, um, that he would be back this early. I guess what he thought he was out for the season, but Matt McLean on the Reds, I know they only have five games next week, but he's been a stud all season long. All the games are on the road and they do have a really, uh, you know, tough time right now finding playing time for everybody, but. Um, I think they're going to do everything they can to get him in the game. Like, I don't see a reason why he probably couldn't or shouldn't be playing over De La Cruz right now every single day, you know, um, considering how De La Cruz has been playing. But uh, you got no LV Marte to worry about. CES, there's so much to go there. But um, he's been so well on the base path all season. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking a look his way. I think he's 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 been so good for all season long. It it's hard not to, I guess you know, at least consider him or put him in your string line. Yeah, uh, string line. I don't know why I said string line. But yeah, I like those. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we kind of covered hitting in depth there. I think um, I wanted to just I. I it's, it's tough to say, oh, I want to target this pitcher, but like, I think it's better to have just like a generalized discussion of how, how we're going to approach pitching or how we're thinking about pitching um, the last week of the season here, because um, I tried to outline a few teams of, of like what I think they might do. Um, but like, I guess before we even get into the teams, like what do you, do you have like any, approach i mean i guess we can tell from your fab you're at least targeting some middle reliever um types but like what's i guess what's your approach for pitching for this final week or what are your initial thoughts um my initial thought is some of the uh decisions i think um that i, I even made this week had a lot to do with um i don't know if this is good strategy, uh, but do I want to start this person <laughs> in the last two weeks of the season? You know, I just think that's something you should really take into account with your starters. Um, I know matchups are matchups, but I think sometimes you might get too caught up in matchups. And like today, for instance, you know, um, was it today or yesterday with Aaron Nola, right? Yesterday? Yes, sir. Or two days ago now, because well, yeah, it might Friday. have been Tuesday. Hey, no, I think it, it was. I think it was yesterday. 
Yeah, there's one. There's one day, but today's Friday now. Yeah, don't look at that. Just it's Thursday. And All, right. Brain. All right, it's still Thursday. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. So I I I don't know. I would say try to do your best with not counting on pitchers that you don't know so much about. You know. Um, and I know I probably contradict me, me talking about the law firm SGL, but his stuff just looks so filthy and doesn't look like it's like like an illusion, you know. But mm-hmm. some of the lesser, like not you know, swing and miss type pitchers like Jordan Wicks per se, you know, even though he's been pitching well, just just be careful with, I guess, um, you know. The pitches that you're going to, and and I just 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 really have to do your homework for every single league and see where you're at and see what those leagues call for. Um, so that's been my biggest thing is just really trying to. All right, you know, I can maybe gain uh, a couple of points in WHIP or one in WHIP and one in ERA, but. Am I gonna get past in K's? You know, and it's a league where that's kind of something that I had to consider. So, um, just really do the math. That's what really I'm coming down to. It's just trying to do the math and take the extra time to see what everyone else is throwing, right? Everyone around you. Yeah. And um, you know, I know that with the pitching rotations, everything is gonna get really crazy. Um, like you mentioned prior to us recording, like if, you know, Zach Wheeler doesn't go out and, and, and pitch his full game this week. But I guess if, if at that point, if you're okay on wins, you know, you're probably going to still throw him out there. If he gets three innings, four innings, whatever, it just gets a bullpen game, who knows, but all those things you have to consider and um, take some extra time this week to figure it out. Right. <laughs> just, yeah. I- like my initial thought before getting into the into the teams and what the teams might do and stuff like that is like don't count on two starts. So like if you're if you're deciding between player A and player B and the deciding factor is because you see them on the schedule with a Sunday start against a favorable opponent, say like, you know, um Colorado on the road. Well, I guess that doesn't Colorado will be at home, but say uh Say it's like Oakland or something like that. I'm not letting that second start like factor into my decision. I'm, I'm going to just assume that they make that first start. And if they do get the second start, it's icing on the cake. But I'm only letting like the first start on the schedule dictate my decision because there's so many guys that'll um, – you know, they'll teams and you're seeing it now already, like last weekend, so many bullpen games, so many openers, so many things like that, that they're doing um, the last game of the season. You know, if it, if it came, if it comes down to like the reds are out of it and Hunter greens on the schedule and they could either throw Hunter green or they can just, you know, you, they have a fresh bullpen and can go with a bullpen game. I think they're likely to just, let Hunter Green chill and throw a bullpen game. So I'm not letting a, a weekend start projection dictate my like roster moves. Um, I'll let the earlier start. I'll let that go, but I'm not gonna let like a two start um, speculation drive what I do with who I play or who I fab. 
Yeah, that's, that's, yep. That's smart. That's very, very smart. Um, and I think that really you want to add like any type of two starts if you just really like, I need a mass amount of Ks, you know, or just, but yeah, definitely um, be careful with that. That, that, uh, that last start too, in case anything changes, don't go after Jose Urania unless you really, really need yeah, it. Right. Yeah, and definitely that's the do thing not too. If, no, don't, no matter what, like the only only bad could come of starting Jose Urania. Like you, you're like, oh, I got mm-hmm. enough of a ERA lead, and then he gives up no, like 14 no. earned across two starts, and then you you lose a point in ERA, and you know knocks you out of the money or something like that. You never forgive yourself for fucking Jose Urania. So just don't do don't do Jose Urania. Same two starts ago, he had most strikeouts he had since April of 2021. How many was Back. that? Five, eight, eight, eight. eight. <laughs> five. Yeah, five was the second most size. Oh yeah. man, yeah, mm-hmm. don't don't let a Jose Urania two step uh destroy your season. But, um, all right, so to get to get into the individual teams, because I think this is pretty important to like think about. Um, so th- I, I think there's going to be a couple of teams with like that are good teams with, with little or nothing to play for next week. So um, Atlanta and LA in the NL um, Atlanta has a three and a half game lead for home field advantage. So they, they've both clinched their division. They both clinched buys um, in the playoffs and Atlanta is up three and a half games on the Dodgers. I guess it's three games now because the Dodgers just won, but still, you know, I think that, Atlanta, um, once once it's all settled, um, this they'll have the wild card round to rest. So I think like all their starters will start. So you don't have to worry about like um, Strider getting skipped or anything like that. Like I think they still need to keep them fresh and stretched out. But I think the starts will be like five inning starts at most. Um, maybe, you know, maybe Strider can go six if he's super efficient, but it's going to be like that. It's going to be just guys getting work and staying on, on their turn, pitching on their day so that they're good to go for the, um, divisional series. So I don't think you have to worry about them getting, you know, losing out on starts from your guys other than freed. Cause he had a blister tonight. He might not pitch again the regular season. So he might be a cut if they say, "Hey, he's got this blister again. We're gonna, we're not gonna pitch him next week." So monitor that. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore is up two and a half games on Tampa for the AL East um, and home field advantage, um, and Tampa is up eight and a half games on the next team in the wild card. So like whenever, whenever Baltimore clinches, when and if Baltimore clinches the East. I would expect Tampa to really rest a lot of their pitching and making sure that it's set up for the wild card round. So I think that Glass now start, which is projected for next Friday right now, um, that is like very much in doubt. If if it's anything, it might be like an inning or two just so that he gets a little work before the they play on October 3rd, which would be game one of the wild card round. So like right. that is one that I would be very concerned about if I had, if I was relying on 
a Tyler Glass now start the last week of the season. Um, but if if the Rays make a push this weekend and get it close, um, you know, maybe they they push for the start and try to throw them so that they don't have to play in the wild card round. So it it'll take a little bit of monitoring, but right now I'm leaning towards that glass now start not being very long at all. Um, Philly, they're they're like locked into the four seed in the NL. Um, so right now, if you looked at like the starting pitching grid, it says that Nola is going to have a two step next week against um, the Mets and against uh, where is Philly? They the Mets and Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. this is a perfect example of like you know let the first start dictate what you're going to do. He's going to start that start on Tuesday against Pittsburgh. I just don't think he's going to get the second start against the Mets um, because they're going to be playing in the wild card round. They're going to need Nola available for um, probably game two. I think Wheeler gets game one start. Um, so if he starts on Sunday, he probably wouldn't be available to start on Wednesday. So I think he doesn't make the Sunday start. Um, Wheeler is scheduled for next Friday. I think that that is like a similar situation of glass now where he might, he might pitch, uh, like an inning, two innings, three innings, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be a full start because they're going to want Wheeler available for Tuesday. And if he pitches Friday, he would be on short rest, um, for that game. One of the, uh, wild card. So, and it's possible he just skips and gets skipped entirely, but that's a lot of rest to go between his start sat this Saturday and then um, game one of the wild card round. So that'll that'll take some monitoring as well, or they could reshuffle their rotation after an off day on next Monday. So, um, but I think it's a like it's likely to be very similar to Glass now, where it's going to be a short start if if at all. The two teams that have things locked up pretty much entirely. It's um, Milwaukee and Minnesota. So they're both locked into the three seed with, you know, they haven't clinched yet, but they're going to win their division um, and they're going to have the three seed. Um, So Minnesota is going to probably want to get their rotation set however they want. I don't know who they're, game one starter is going to be. Um, but that was kind of the logic behind my ad of Varland is they'll they're they have a six man rotation right now. Um, and they'll want to, you know, keep their guys fresh. So it, it's probably going to be short starts so that they're ready to go for um, that wild card round. So I liked Varland, but you know, you can go, um, you can go a lot of different ways if you want to go with like Griffin Jacks or pretty much any any relievers for Minnesota I like. Um, and then Milwaukee, same boat. The, less so than Minnesota in the fact that I think the way their rotation is set right now, um, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta can all still make their start next Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and still be 
still be okay for the wild card um, because they'll all be pitching on regular rest after that. But it could be a situation where they just pitch four innings or so, th- three or four innings. Um, so like Trevor McGill becomes potentially interesting. Um, Julio Tehran becomes interesting. Bryce Wilson, maybe Colin Ray comes back up um, and pitches in relief as well. So those um, those are all teams that I was just looking at what they're going to be doing for next week. Oh, and then Michael Lorenzen, I think, could get a start um, next weekend instead of Nola. So he could be a stream. Potentially. Mm, that makes sense. Yep. Um, so th- those are all the teams with like little or nothing to play for that I think could have their starting pitching um, get like messed with and could kind of mess up fantasy managers that were relying on one more start from what is probably their ace. Like, you know, in the case of Wheeler or Glass now, that's like probably a lot of teams' aces. Um, and then for teams with a lot to play for, I think like you could see them do some weird stuff with their pitching. Um, like, so Cubs, Arizona, Cincinnati, Texas, all those teams kind of have shitty bullpens. I could see a situation where one of their starters that pitches on Monday or Tuesday of next week, they have to throw him in relief um, next weekend. So that might be the deciding factor of a guy like, um, you know, like a Dane Dunning or a Martin Martin Perez or, you know, Stroman's been pitching in relief. Um, those types of guys could get a start in early in the week and a relief appearance late in the week because their team is just like literally, you know, all hands on deck scenario. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be the deciding factor of a guy like, um, you know, as crazy as it sounds like Martin Perez for a start and a relief appearance over glass now who might go like two innings, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it's this time of year makes you would do weird stuff, but that is a very possible decision that somebody might have to make. Um, so I would just think about that. Cause I've seen that happen a bunch where um, teams, you know, they don't trust their middle relief, especially a team like Arizona or something like that, where it's like Brandon Fat if he pitches on Wednesday um, and they need it, they need somebody on Sunday and they don't trust anybody in their bullpen. They have him come in for an inning. It's possible. Um, or like even Merrill Kelly or something like that. Um, I think it's possible. So just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, um definitely some great things you touched on there. And those, those are the thoughts that we'll have to give. Um, like, you, like you said, like Martin Perez uh, sounds crazy, but uh, if, if good chance that he lined up or like you said, all hands on deck situation, plus, you know, um, multiple times in a week that works out, you know, he's going to get that. looks like he'll get the start versus Anaheim, you know, um, yeah. at least. And then, yeah. Yeah. So I like that. Good call. Definitely yeah, call so that, 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 that's kind of why it's going to be fun. It's going to be fucking crazy, and uh, all these teams are playing each <laughs> other. Texas and Seattle is going gonna, is gonna to be playing each other um, over the next 10 days. They're playing a – they're playing essentially a playoff series. Uh, well, 
yeah, they're playing seven games in 10, in 10 days. Um, and they're tied right now for a wild card spot. So I would imagine whoever there's a good chance, whoever wins four or more of those games is going to knock the other team out. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. What's your prediction for making the playoffs? Who you got? Uh, I don't think Texas is going to make it um, okay. on the AL side. I think so. That would leave Tampa, Toronto, and Seattle as the wild cards. There, I think Texas. I, I think they they fall out. I think they just don't have enough pitching, healthy pitching at this point to to last. Um, on the NL side. I mean, Arizona's up two games now. They've won five straight. I think, I think they're in a good spot. Um, so it's really between Miami, Chicago, and Cincy. Uh, let's see. I think I kind of think the Cubs are gonna do it, but I mean, they get Atlanta and then Milwaukee. That's tough next week. Um, Miami gets the Mets and Pittsburgh. I'll take Miami. I, I think Miami. Miami okay. I think that's just they have such an easier path than the Cubs, but yeah. I don't know. Cubs plus ninety one run differential. Miami negative forty two. But I don't know. I think I think uh, Atlanta still might be trying to win early in the week when. Chicago plays them. Miami's playing um, Pittsburgh there and and the Mets. Um, I don't know. I like. I think I like their chances a little better. All right. But, I like it. but you know what? Miami always fucking gave. Always seems to give the Mets problems at the end of the season when the Mets are trying to clinch. And you know, all those years in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Miami would come in and they, you know, like Hanley Ramirez and, you know, Josh Willingham and those guys would just come in and like have nothing to play for and just beat the shit out of the Mets. So it would be nice <laughs> if the young Mets did that to them. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, but I think they, that their path is much easier. So I'll, I'll take, but I, I like Arizona's chances of, of getting in. I like it. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for them too. I want to see them get into there. Um, yeah, Carol's like got the... them on his back right now, man. Oh, what a stud! Yeah, I just love the way he plays too. I love, I love that his favorite play was Ichiro. You know, you don't hear, you don't hear that too many times. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just like such a good guy to idol because. Of the, of the work ethic and the hustle, you know. Yeah, and you and, like and you see like it. Walk, Walker has been raking all right. year. Tommy Pham's yep. been really good. Like, um, Moreno's been really good. Mar- Ketel Marte has been really good. Um, you know, their pitching is really sketchy, but I mean, Gallon, Gallon, and Merrill Kelly, um, for the wild card ground that they those two guys can get them through. Um, so yeah. I like, but they would match up against Philly, which in the first round, which that's, that's a challenge. That's not a yeah. good matchup for Arizona. <laughs> no. I mean, the Phillies are just really, um, 
really an ex- nice. you know they're built nice and i you know just the team is just you could feel the energy just watching the team and you can also when i was there at the game when bryce hit his 300th homer the fans just love that team and um there is just a group of 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 like likable players on that team you know and um yeah they're built up pretty good good starters good relievers and uh an offense that's just um you know it's just a, it's a complete opposite thing to the padres where it's like it's like stars but the lineup like is a is an offense it's a lineup that like works together um like i don't know if you read the article about in the athletic about the padres where they were like everyone seems to have an individual focus of like they're like it's a bunch of stars that you know have always thought about like individual accomplishments and not like how to win win baseball games in terms of just like what needs to be done to like you know pass the baton to the next guy and like situational hitting and you know that those types of things that you need to do in order to win games and like everybody just has this individual focus as opposed to like what you need to do in certain situations and like i think it's the complete opposite of of the phillies and how that lineup just works and works together um obviously like baseball is a very you know individual game it's like one batter and one pitcher but there's a lot of a lot more that goes into it um than just see the ball and hit the ball and like what you have to do in certain spots um so yeah. I, th- I think they're made for the playoffs. Like the lineup is just long and good. Um, there's no easy out. Their starting pitching is very good. And they have, you know, experienced relievers that, th- you know, from both sides that uh, can, can really, you know, shut the door. So I think they're, I think they're, they're real threat in the playoffs. I I like your call with Milwaukee though too. I think Milwaukee's very similar to Philly, just without the power, but good starting pitching, good bullpen, um, and a, a long lineup, a sneakily long lineup that don't they don't give you many easy outs. So that'll be that'll be the next you know once once these last ten days are done we're playoff baseball and nothing's better than that so playoffs yeah it's gonna be fun man i wish you well the last you know week of the season hope you take home some prizes and some uh some hardware whatever uh it is that you desire and um you know we'll we're, we're gonna take next week off and um you know we'll be uh we'll be doing this during the off season don't know the full schedule yet or, or or what we'll be getting into, but we'll definitely be we'll definitely be around and um just like we always do in the off season is uh you know when we bring in everyone and really get inside everyone's brains about how their season went and how they're gonna attack next season and usually when everyone's sleeping in the off season is 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 when is when we kick it into gear. So I'm excited to get into some draft champions and starting to do all that stuff um take like a nice two-week break from just uh most things maybe i'll just set up i'll scrape some of the data from the nfbc and start setting up like you know um end of season leaderboards and three-year averages and shit like that and thing and then get right back into it you know 
and uh, um yeah. yeah i'm pretty excited yeah, th- thanks for th- yeah th- this is the last one of the of the fab recaps and the last one of the regular season that we're going to do so i mean thank you for letting me hop aboard this year um yeah. you know i i learned a ton from you and just from doing this process and i've mentioned it a couple of times on on the pod but like you know analyzing what the entire contest is doing in terms of fab and not just your league and who people are targeting and why has definitely made me um a much better player in terms of fab um this year than last year like last year i told you before you know when you asked me to do it i was like yeah like i really need to get better at fab because i just went in on weekends not not really feeling like i had a clue what i needed to be doing um Mm. and uh i have a much uh, much better idea of what i want to be doing in fab and who i should be adding who's a good ad who's not a good ad um you know and i think a big part of that is you know picking your brain on stuff um and in hearing your thought process and also just looking at what everyone in the contest is doing and what um kind of bids you need to make in order to win the guys that you want um so right it's been been very beneficial for me personally and uh you know i i thank you again for letting me you know follow you know follow along on this ride this year because it's been awesome yeah man i totally agree i had a lot of fun i learned a ton from you too uh just the way you were able to pull data the way you're able to really digest the um the pitching landscape um and yeah i i think some some fun stuff too that maybe we can get into the offseason and maybe diving in into a little bit more of the fab stuff maybe for like winning teams right and teams in the overall and what they've done and how many moves they've made and and, and stuff like that i'm sure we'll we'll brainstorm a whole bunch of good ideas and if, if anyone that's listening has any good ideas for us too to get them into some stuff definitely cook it our way we'll definitely um consider that and and dive into it as much as we can because i think yeah. um the off didn't want it to happen you know like uh, i think a lot of people um think that there's nothing useful from drafting early or researching so early but i think that's not not the case you know and it's um it's never too early to uh get get into the analysis and um early drafts are really a great point too if you're just um if you just have your basis on the base understanding of 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 depth and um kind of like what the organizations are doing it no it's a lot of work but you could just really just like a skim through and kind of just get like a loose you know rankings of of who you like and 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 i think early drafts are really an opportunity to take advantage of those things, you know, if you feel like yeah. you're really, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. My best, my best DCs are the ones I drafted before, um, like definitely before Christmas last year, but I think it was probably even before, uh, like before Thanksgiving. So if you feel like you have a good handle on the league, um, it's a good opportunity to hop into drafts and take advantage before, ADP starts getting mm-hmm. set and drafts start getting, you know, dictated based off yeah. of that ADP. Um, Be involved in setting the ADP. That's the whole fun. Yeah, of it. yeah. You set you set it as opposed to 
drafting off. We of act it, into so. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Like it's really one of my favorite things to do. And um I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Good stuff. And right. uh thank you for everyone for listening to another episode of the Pull Herder Podcast. Remember to check out Reliever Recon with Dom and does plenty of work with uh Greg and Aaron, a whole bunch of great fellas there, Nate too. Um, and yeah, check out the Pull Herder Patreon as well. We are not going to be quiet this off season. There's still going to be plenty of stuff going on. I'll be breaking down a hitter and a batter pretty much every single day in the off season, as long as, as well as mining the news and doing some fun stuff with um, slow drafts of probably recording some of my, you know, how I'm picking, why I'm picking certain players and stuff like that. But hop into the discord as well, but come check out the Patreon. It's uh, free for a week. And like I said, I will be, um going non-stop all off season long to help you get ready for next season and to uh kick ass and draft champions and um thanks for listening for the whole season and thanks to dom for hanging out with me as well and getting into some stuff and uh don't be a bag of shit peace <laughs>